Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that explores Chinese history and culture through historical Chinese dramas. This is Karen. And this is Kathy. In this episode, we're going to be discussing episode 21 of Hou Gong Jin Huan Zhuan, Empresses in the Palace. This time, we're only going to be talking about one episode because there's quite a bit to discuss and combining the episodes would have been a bit too long. Well, let's get started. This episode starts off with Hua Fei summoning our main character, Jin Huan, and her friend, An Ling Rong, to come sing for her and the emperor, Huang Shang. It's a little awkward and, of course, intimidating. An Ling Rong, who is known for her singing abilities, tries her best and sings a wonderful song with Jin Huan accompanying her on the Gu Qin, the string instrument we've talked about. Huafei is not particularly impressed and humiliates An Ling Rong before asking her to continue singing. But because An Ling Rong is not feeling well, she is unable to sing anymore. Huafei forced An Ling Rong to drink some pretty stiff liquor, which definitely did not help with the voice. At this point, Jin Huan steps in and instead of singing, recites a poem with the Gu Qin accompaniment. We'll discuss the two poems that are performed later on in the episode. Huang Sheng is more or less appeased and, recognizing that Hua Fei is just asking these two ladies to perform as a means of humiliation, says it's getting late and they should retire. Well, actually, Hua Fei spots all the eye flirting between Huang Sheng and Jin Huan and immediately kicks them out. So that is actually the reason why they are allowed to leave. Well, not them. It's uh, Jin Huan and An Ling Rong that are allowed to leave. And we'll talk about this later on because it's pretty much because Jin Huan is reciting a really lovely poem and there's love in the air between Huang Sheng and Jin Huan and Hua Fei's like, nope, need to stop this right here. <laughs> Jin Huan and An Ling Rong return back to Jin Huan's palace. An Ling Rong is in tears because Hua Fei treated them like common street artists. Remember how we said that actresses, singers, and performers were generally seen as lower class and similar to prostitutes? That's basically how An Ling Rong felt. She's upset because they're concubines, not street artists, and should not be treated as such. But Hua Fei doesn't care. She loves humiliating others, and Huang Shang lets her do whatever she wants. The story of this night's events reach the ears of Huang Hou, the empress, and she's actually quite impressed at how composed the quiet An Ling Rong is throughout the event and decides to pay more attention to her. Moving on, it's wintertime and it is snowing heavily at the Forbidden Palace. Huang Shang is sitting with Jin Huan enjoying a lovely winter day and the cute Chun Changzai comes to visit. Chun Changzai hasn't been around much in previous episodes, so let me remind everyone of who she is. She is a cute little girl that was selected to be a concubine and entered the palace when Jin Huan also entered the palace. Chun Changzai was actually living with Jin Huan in Sui Yuxuan in her current uh, pavilion, but Chun Changzai had to move because Jin Huan was faking her illness, remember? 
It's been a while, and she's back now hanging out with Jin Huan and is as cute as a button. Chun Changzai is a little foodie and, in general, very naive. She's just super cute. She doesn't plot against people and just wants to be happy in the palace, and people don't really see her as a threat because she was too young to um, serve the emperor when she first entered the palace. But it's been two years, so she's a little older, and I think uh, at an age where she is able to serve. Well, what does the emperor do? He is quite impressed and taken with the cute Chun Changzai for how lovely she is to Jin Huan, and because she treats Jin Huan like an older sister. So he selects Chun Changzai to spend the night, and she is now a proper concubine. Ugh, the mentality of men back then. Also, just again, kind of, I just don't want to think too much about it. <laughs> The emperor is saying all this romantic stuff to Jin Huan and immediately spends the night with another woman. Interesting. Well, Chun Changzai starts to receive more and more favor by the emperor, and she asks Huang Ho, the empress, if she can move back in with Jin Huan. Huang Ho agrees, and Chun Changzai hastily starts moving in, which slightly upsets An Lingrong because Chun Changzai and An Lingrong were living together in the same palace. Another concubine asks why, if An Lingrong and Jin Huan were such good friends, didn't Jin Huan ask An Lingrong to move in together with her as well? To which An Lingrong has no answer. The cracks between An Lingrong and Jin Huan are getting bigger and bigger, but Jin Huan doesn't know that any of this is happening. The important part here is that Chun Changzai isn't doing any of this to be malicious. She is not doing, uh, she's not moving in with Jin Huan because she's trying to spite anyone or make herself seem superior. She just wants to have fun and be closer to her sister. And I think because Jin Huan sees Chun Changzai as this little girl, as a younger sister, she is happy to have Chun Changzai move in. Since the evening that she was humiliated by Hua Fei, An Lingrong has generally been staying in her palace. She has requested that her maid, Bao Jun, not make her bed, and we find out the reason is because An Lingrong has decided to make a voodoo doll to try to curse Hua Fei. She is hiding this voodoo doll under her pillow. We've talked about voodoo dolls before. You make a doll in the shape of the person, or in this case, decorated with an item from that person you are trying to curse, and then stab it with needles to try and curse that person, and hopefully that person falls dead to the ground. <laughs> it's strictly taboo in the palace. Yu Ying, or that maid from earlier episodes, got caught with a voodoo doll and was sentenced to death for it. A few days later, the empress comes to visit An Lingrong and check in on her because she's been sick. Guess what? She just so happens to find this voodoo doll. Huang Hu reprimands An Lingrong for being foolish enough to believe that this would even work. If anyone other than herself found this doll, An Lingrong would be dead by now. Huang Hu lets it go, and An Lingrong is grateful for being forgiven. However, An Lingrong is upset and wants to know who told Huang Ho that this doll exists. 
Huang Hou is very sly and says, "Of course, it is one of your closest sisters." We'll discuss this a bit more later, since this interaction is rather contentious. I also personally believe that Huang Hou said some really useful stuff here in this scene. She very bluntly points out that fortunes are made by taking action, seizing opportunity. If Voodoo actually worked, everybody would be dead by now. <laughs> I also think if Voodoo really worked, the Empress herself would have done it a million times over to kill Huafei. <laughs> I just don't think this this mentality ever crossed Anling Rong's mind. Does she really think Jin Huan just so happened to get favor because she's pretty? No, Jin Huan seizes each opportunity. This is a pretty rude wake up call for Anling Rong. And hello, girl, you can't just be wallowing in your misery and just crying every single day. You've got to do something. And I think this is when Anlingrong recognizes that Huang Ho is the person who can help her gain favor because Jin Huan isn't really a good or close friend anymore. Later on, we see Huang Shang meeting with his trusted advisor Zhang Tingyu, who describes the arrogance of Nian Geng Yao, or Hua Fei's brother, when he returned from the battlefield. Zhang Tingyu is a real person, a real advisor, and has uh, was an advisor for three emperors, so he is uh, very, very uh, prominent. The details that are provided by Zhang Tingyu give further evidence that Nian Gengyao does not respect the authority of the emperor and sees himself instead as the ruler instead of the Huangsheng. Huafei is also fretting about her monthly allowance. What she receives from the palace is nowhere near enough to cover the money that she needs to pay for bribes or for just gifts at year end. And also whatever she needs to keep her lavish hairstyle for her clothes and her hair accessories. If you recall, every tier or rank of uh, concubine in the imperial harem gets a certain amount of allowance and the higher up you go the more money you have but clearly this allowance is not enough for Huafei so Huafei's maid Song Zhu suggests this brilliant idea that Huafei should accept donations from officials for her to put in a word with her brother, Nian Geng Yao. Basically, if she's able to recommend these officials to her brother, these officials will give her lots and lots and lots of money. It's a wonderful idea. She's not discussing anything related to court. All she's doing is telling her brother to meet some of these officials. Easy enough. And it's a lot of money she gets to receive on a very quick and painless basis. But... You'll understand this is very corrupt. She is not a good woman. <laughs> if we have to reiterate, she is not a good woman. <laughs> the episode ends with a feast where everyone in the palace is in attendance. The 17th prince has returned from a trip to central China and is about uh, the end of the year, the new year. So festivities are, are coming. Even the empress dowager is at this banquet. There is an exchange about how expensive and nice Huafei's clothes and hair decorations are, and we will talk a lot more about her bribes and her scheme in the next episode. 
All right, that was the recap. So let's get to the analysis of this episode. And there's actually quite a bit. Let's start off with the two songs slash poems that were discussed at the beginning of this episode where An Lingrong and Jin Huan were performing for Huafei and the Emperor. At the beginning, An Lingrong first sings a song called Pusa Man. Pusa Man is actually a style of song and originated in the Tang Dynasty. A Tang emperor named Tang Xuanzong, who lived or ruled around 840-ish uh, AD, really liked this style of song, and the lyrics were updated by scholars and poets at the time. This particular song describes a young woman who is waking up from slumber. She is getting up and fixing her hair, makeup, and getting dressed in new clothes. In this process, the song expresses her longing for love. The lyrics are quite exquisite and actually more difficult to explain compared to some of the other poems we've looked at, which is why I'm not reciting the entire poem. But essentially, this song was uh, adapted, that the song that we hear now was adapted from a Tang Dynasty poem, and the song was written by the wonderful Liu Huan, who uh, wrote the soundtrack for the entire drama, and he is a great uh, musician. He also sings really well, too. And as I mentioned, the lyrics for the song are more somber and isn't, as Huafei notes, as lovey-dovey as she would like. Huafei is a total mean girl in the scene because she's saying, why can't you, An Yinrong, sing more about love and have more love in the uh, emotion of your song? Is it because I'm here with the emperor? Which Huafei knows the answer to that. So it's incredibly humiliating for An Yinrong. This song is also actually the... The was is it the ending song? What do no. we call this? The the this song is actually the um the tune of the song is the piantochu or the um theme song theme song of this drama. However, the theme song of this drama uses the same tune, but the lyrics are different. Hmm. Which fits. So that's a little Which odd. Which fits actually the the whole premise of the pusaman because it's a song type style of song, but the lyrics can change. I did not know that. I learned that for this for, for this episode, for this podcast. So here we are, learning lots of things. Well, now Jin Huan recites a poem called Chue Chao Xian Xian Yun Nong Chao. She never really says it in the drama, which is fine. We did some Googling. This a uh, poem is by a Song Dynasty poet. So the last poem was probably written in around 800 AD. This poem was written around 1000 AD by Qin Guan. This poem is referencing the famous Valentine's Day story of Niu Lang Zhinyu. I don't think we'll be discussing the story in the drama uh, later on, so let me give a brief overview. 
This Valentine's Day story is one of the most famous love stories in China. Essentially, there is a fairy or xianyu named zhinyu, which directly translates to weaver, but I think seamstress is probably more appropriate. And this fairy named zhinyu lives up in the sky or the heavens. She secretly comes down to earth where mere mortals live and marries Niolang, which directly translates to cow herder. Not the nicest names, but there you have it. They fall in love and they get married and spend a lovely time together, but their marriage angers the Heavenly Father and they are punished by being separated forever. She is sent back into the heavens and he remains on earth. But their love is so moving that magpie birds, or xique, build them a bridge such that the two lovers may meet on the magpie bridge every year on the seventh on the seventh day of the seventh month, or Chinese Valentine's Day. The title of the poem that Chen Huan recites is named after, more or less, this magpie bridge. Given this context of this story, this poem describes the annual meeting of the two lovers. But the last two lines are the most important. The last two lines are, 两情若是长久时,又起在朝朝暮暮, which more or less translates to, if love is meant to be long-lasting, one does not need to be together every day. These two lines are definitely famous for describing long-distance relationships and pops up a lot in dramas and books that we see where there are hardships along the way in a relationship. Jin Huan is reciting this poem while looking directly at Huang Shang, which I take to hint that you may be spending time with Hua Fei now, but it's all right because of our love and because I think our love will last. And so we do not have to spend every day together. You should see the look on Huafei's face. I don't think Huafei really understands the entirety of this poem, but the last two lines are pretty easy to um, comprehend. So when Jin Huan is saying these last two lines, you can see that Huafei is looking first at Jin Huan and then at Huang Shang and doesn't like what she's hearing or seeing. So she hurriedly ends the evening. Clearly, Huafei feels that spending all day and all night with the emperor is the only reflection of love. That was fun, wasn't it? I've heard those two lines everywhere, but I didn't realize that it was from this poem. So I feel like I'm learning a lot every time I watch this drama. Yeah, those two lines, 两情若是久长时,又起在朝朝暮暮, is quoted and said in literally every single drama. Or costume drama, costume drama. Okay. okay, not every not every drama, but it's quoted a lot. <laughs> so yes, this is very apt that they're using it here. I guess. Finally, I want to discuss Huang Hou and An Lingrong in this episode. Huang Hou has decided to use An Lingrong as her pawn, or more accurately, Huang Hou has decided that An Lingrong is worthy of being her pawn. This is one of the first times we start seeing just how manipulative Huang Hou can be. She knows that An Lingrong has a voodoo doll, and she could have punished her, 
but decides instead to pretty much blackmail An Lingrong into being a part of her team. Now, Huang Hou never states who told her about the voodoo doll, and we the viewers are never told this either. Bao Juan, An Lingrong's main maid, cries indignantly that it wasn't her when An Lingrong accuses her of telling Huang Hou. Instead, Bao Jin suggests that it was the other maid, Ju Qing. The problem with Ju Qing is that she was given to An Lingrong by Jin Huan literally in the first couple of episodes. So the seeds of doubt and distrust are sown. It's unclear who ultimately betrayed An Lingrong. I still think it's Bao Jin. There are a lot of theories about the fact that Bao Jin was probably given to An Lingrong by Huang Hou the moment she entered the palace. And this is because, if you recall, An Lingrong didn't, re- didn't even have maids because she came from such a poor family. Shin Meizhuang and Chen Huan both had maids from home that accompanied her to uh, Hou Gong, but An Lingrong was the only one without a maid. So she was given Bao Jun, this, um, this maid who's saying that she wasn't the one to rat, out, rat An Lingrong out to Huang Hou. But a lot of theories from fans suggest that maybe Huang Hou planted Bao Jun with An Lingrong from the very beginning. Because otherwise, the story doesn't make sense. Who would have told uh, Huang Hou if not for Bao Jun? And really, this is really, again, this is the first time we kind of see the long game Huang Hou is playing. She is all very serene and nice to An Lingrong, but she really is blackmailing her to... Uh, doing her, to do her bidding. Regardless, An Lingrong now starts to resent Zhen Huan, much in part due to Huang Hou. Huang Hou, like we just said, didn't say anything about Zhen Huan. She said, your closest sister told me about this. Who could this be? And that is up to An Lingrong to try to find out or just to, to be suspicious of. Well, that is that for episode 21. Thank you again so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or comments, as always, please email us at chasingdramaspodcast at gmail.com. Please share with your friends. We look forward to having you with us in the next episode.